there's no one. There's no one on earth who knows me like you do, Lord. In the highest of heights, in the lowest of lows, you are there.
Your 
You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips today will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands, and I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, Lord. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity and the honor to be here before your presence, to worship you and to praise you, and to sit down and to dine in your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, you open up our ears and help our eyes to see the truth. Holy Spirit, bring conviction to those hearts who have been hardened. Lord, may it pierce through, pierce their soul, and may the water of God bring forth conviction to change, to be transformed by the working of the Holy Spirit. May God, you come and protect us, O Lord. And Lord, protect us from all the attacks of the enemy. We lay down our crowns. We lay down our rights. We, down, we lay down our sins. And we lay down our accomplishments. We lay down everything at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, speak to us. For we are desperate for your touch. We are desperate to hear your word. Lord, bring a fresh strength. Renew our strength so that we may rise and fly like the eagles, so that, God, we may, our strength may be renewed in you and in you and in you alone. And God, as you transition now, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all those hearts, all the people who will be listening here today, Lord, may be pleasing your sight, O oh God, for you alone, for you alone, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. We give you all the glory, give you all the honor. Pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. God's people pray. Amen. amen. And amen. Again, let's take a moment to greet our fellow neighbor at this time. And thank you, Arlene, with the praise. And thank you for leading us into the presence of God. And now as you transition to the message, 
May we be in a place of submission before the Lord and ask the Lord to teach us and to transform us and to renew us. Amen? Now, today's message is titled Psalm 63. And for today's message, may we reference back to the message title, Waiting in Christ, from three Sundays ago, as I mentioned in the past few weeks, previous weeks, on April 16th, as the basis for today's message. And in that message, I referenced what? The three Psalms, right? Psalm 61, Psalm 62, and Psalm 63. So today, let us end with Psalm 63. Amen. And amen. Amen. All right, let's begin. Now, there was a Q&A that I came across this week with a pastor that I follow for a long time. He is in his old age, and I love him, and I pray for him. But a question that was asked by a young seminary student, and the question was, what will you do differently now knowing what you know now? And another seminary student came up and asked the following question. Also, how do you as a pastor who has been faithful in your relationship with the Lord, in your position as a pastor for many years, how did you balance between your relationship with the members versus your faithfulness to God in the pulpit, in your preaching? And here is how he answered. He said, Well, the problem with counseling is that they know how to talk back. So it's not really about spending time with the members or counseling them and having these talks with them. But really, the reality is, is the preaching. It's the faithfulness in your preaching to the word, to the word of God in your your studies, in the convictions of the word and the truth of God's word. And he gave an example that there was a couple that he knows. He has known them for many years. He was actually there 13 years, even before he even came to this church. So he has known them for a very long time. So they're the original, original, original members. And as a recent, the wife, she had cancer, fighting for many years, eventually passed away. Said that was very close to the family, brought discipleship to the wife, But the husband, he didn't have many encounters where he had a chance to sit with him and talk with him, counsel him. But after the wife passed away, he said he received a letter from the husband, a beautiful long letter, one of the most beautiful letters he has ever read and written. And it was a gift to him, just giving a profound gratitude to the preacher, to the pastor, saying thank you to him. Because as a pastor showing up every Sunday, preaching every Sunday, that is the greatest love letter that you will show your members. That is the greatest faithfulness that you will accomplish as a pastor because in your preaching, the Lord will do a miracle. It is a profound profound mystery, a special, truly a special calling because in preaching, other than counseling, counseling, they get to talk back, but in preaching, on the other hand, they have to sit and listen quietly. And what the Lord does through preaching, through the Word of God, is a profound act 
and a movement of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, it wasn't said in those ways, those words, word for word, paraphrasing here. But as I was, came across this Q&A, and after meditating on this Q&A, I remember I got on my knees just to pray. And I told the Lord, Lord, and I prayed a prayer, Lord, help me or forgive me. Help me to be a faithful steward of your word. I wrote down here, Lord, forgive me for not being a faithful steward, a faithful student of your holy word. Lord, today I choose to commit my life to you, to be a faithful student, and to be a faithful steward of your word. And I ask the Lord that I may know him more and to be known by him to love him, and to be loved by him. Amen and amen. And in today's psalm, we will see King David's intense and a deep love letter to his Lord. And it is found in Psalm 63. And this psalm reveals King David's deep affection for his king, for his Lord. And it says, the heading says, a psalm of David, when he was in the desert of Judah, he begins with verse one, he says, you God are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lists my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Amen. The psalm that we just read, Psalm 63, it truly reveals King David's deep affection for his God. And if we had access to each other's journals, what would we read? What will we see? Will you have one with a key, with the flowers on it, Ronnie? What will we read? What will we read as you read the diaries and the journals and our prayers? Will it be intense love for the Lord? Or complaints and bitterness before the Lord? Psalm 63 challenges us by asking, point number one, what do you know? What 
do you know here today? Remember what I mentioned to you in the past. Worship leaders should not be asking before they begin praise, how do you feel tonight? It's not about how we feel. Rather, they should ask, what do you know tonight? What do you know today? What do you know? Not, can you feel the love tonight? Like Lion King. Can you know the love tonight? Do you know that you are loved? Do you know that you have a relationship with the Lord? Verse 1, David says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Just like David, we need to say, I know you are my God. Not I think or I feel, but I know for sure with the core of my being, with everything that I have, I know you are my God, as it says in verse 1. The difference between those who walk away from their faith versus those who follow Christ all the way even to death itself. Eleven disciples who were martyred for their faith and one disciple, John, in the Isle of Petmos, we know that he wrote the book of Revelation. He was the only disciple that died of old age. And the difference between those who walk faithfully in the faith versus those who walk away and no longer have a relationship with the Lord is that we have a relationship and we know him and we are known by him. We love him and we are loved by him. We have a relationship with him. An example that I want to show is found in John 6, verse 60 to 71. The heading says, many disciples desert Jesus. On hearing it, Verse 60, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Remember, Jesus did an amazing miracle. People are following him. He fed the thousands, and people want more. They want miracle and miracle, and they want more of that miracle. Verse 61, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? What is Jesus talking about here when he asked the question, does this offend you? He's talking about... Remember, it's about going deep. Drink my blood. Eat my flesh. Have a relationship with me. And people are offended. Before they loved them, and now they're offended. Because they feel offended. Because they don't know the truth. Verse 63, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Do we know that the fact that we are here today and we are able to draw near to a living, to the living God it's the fact that he has allowed us to enable, he has enabled us to draw near to him, to have a relationship with him. We love him because he first loved us. Verse 66, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So you see in the thousands of people just no longer following Jesus. And now only the 12 are left. 
Jesus turns to them, verse 67, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And what does he say in verse 69? We have come to what? Believe and to? No. Know that you are the Holy One of God. No. That's the difference. To know. Verse 70, then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you the twelve, yet one of you is a devil? He meant Judas, the son of Iscariot, Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. The reason why Judas betrayed Christ was because his heart had come to a point of no return, become hardened. He did not have a relationship with the Father. He did not know the truth. He did not believe that Jesus was the Holy One of God. So going back to our point, what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Do you truly know that Christ is the Holy One of God? Or are you like Peter? That you believe and you know? Or are you like Judas? You pretend to know. You go based on how you feel, what you think, what the enemy tells you, the whispers and the shouts that he tells you. And you choose to believe in him. And you fall under his trap. Because the Lord has a plan, but the enemy also has a plan to destroy you, to distract you, to take you off course. Because he hates you, but the Lord, he loves you. He loves you. Where do we stand? What do you know? I know in the past, previous weeks, I mentioned Mary and Martha. And you know, Martha sometimes gets a bad rap because of that passage where, you know, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's the younger sibling and listening. Martha's doing all the work, distracted. You know, we need people who work hard, right? Who serve. But Jesus was trying to teach that at that moment, you need to first have a relationship with the Lord first. You need to rest in the Lord first. You need to learn from the Lord first. And then we do. We become. First we have to be. And this passage is important. And it's a passage that I want us to all to remember. Because this redeems Martha's story. Isn't that a uh, company? Martha's story? Oh, Martha's story? No, oh, no. Okay, never mind. And I love this story because Martha is redeemed. And the setting is very sad. So let's go ahead and read. It's found in John 11. The heading says, Jesus comforts the sisters of Lazarus. So there are three siblings here. Lazarus, the male, the brother, Mary, and Martha. And Lazarus dies. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So you know that the body is rotting. It is nasty. 
Four days. No air conditioning, no nothing. Verse 18, now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. That's a very important description. Mary stayed home. Martha went out to meet Jesus. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know, again, the word know, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered again, the word I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And what does she say? She says, yes, Lord. She replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. Amen. And amen. Wait a minute. Isn't this the same Martha from Luke 10 who was worried and upset? about many things and was corrected by Jesus himself in Luke 10. You're saying the same Martha here in John 11 has tremendous faith where she believes and she knows that everything is okay because Jesus is here. How is this the same Martha where Jesus told her in Luke 10, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one Mary has chosen. What is better, it will not be taken away from her. Martha here, she's redeemed. And here in John 11 is revealed that she has tremendous faith. Amen and amen. So going back to our point, what do you know? What do you know? Letter A, B, C, D are sub points here. I know you are the Messiah. I know you are the Son of God. I know you are the Holy One of God. I know you have the words of eternal life. Again, A, I know you are the Messiah. B, I know you are the Son of God. C, I know you are the Holy One of God. D, I know you have the words of eternal life. Amen and amen. Do you know this? As you're sitting here today and listening and praising God, listening to the word of God, do you know this? Or are you going based on, oh, maybe I feel this, maybe I think. But you need to shift from there, from a place of subjective feelings to an objective truth where you declare and you say, I know. I know, and I know. And David, he declares, and he says in verse 1, You, God, are my God. Not you, God, are someone else's God, or many gods, what others are teaching in the world. But you, God, you, Christ, 
Jesus Christ, you are my king. You are my savior. You are the Messiah, the son of God, the holy one of God. And you have the words of eternal life. Amen and amen. Point number two. What do you see? The psalm challenges us by asking the question, what do you see? Can we turn to our neighbor and do Batman and go, what do you see? You guys used to do that when you were kids? Remember? Yes. In Korea, we used to do Batman. We used to like do, no, that's wrong. <laughs> you got to do the twist. <laughs> Let's take a look at verse 2 to 5. King David here, he writes, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Amen and amen. We all have eyes. We all have spiritual eyes. Even though we may not be able to see physically, some people, they can't. But we all have spiritual eyes, all of us. And we all must see the truth in this lifetime. But the question is, what do we see day to day? Ten people may see the same thing, but they will come back with different perspectives, right? When they see an incident happening out on the street, depending on where they are or who they are as a person, they will come with different perspectives. But those who are in the Lord, who have a relationship with the Lord, those who are truly grounded in the Word of God and in the Lord, those who truly love the Lord and are loved by the Lord, they shall see clearly and they will have similar and the same convictions. If you do not have a clear view of the Lord, your perspective will always be skewed and compromised. If you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't have a clear view of the Lord, Every day, we must be sure and declare each day. So point letter A, the Lord is at work in my life. B, the Lord is greater than my circumstances. And C, the Lord is my life. You need to see God. You need to pursue life from this lens. That the Lord is at work in my life. The past, present, and future the Lord is greater than my circumstances. So no matter what happens in my life, what I'm going through right now, the situation that I'm in, the circumstances that I'm in, I need to see from the perspective, from the lens, that the Lord is greater than my circumstances. And that the Lord is my life. If he is not in my life, I am as good as dead. In other words, whether I'm being persecuted amongst my friends or before a dictator, from a dictator leader, where we're in a position where we may get martyred, 
We need to declare, we need to see with the lens, spiritual lens, and declare always, every day, every situation, He is Lord, my Lord. Therefore, no matter how hard the devil tries to skew my sight, no matter how hard the enemy tries to tempt me and take my sight away from the Lord, for you need to always keep your eyes, gaze on the Lord. No matter how hard the enemy tries to tempt me or take me away, my sight from the Lord, he will fail. Why? Because I will always approach life from the lens that the Lord is at work in my life, that the Lord is greater than my circumstances, and the Lord is my life. For the Lord is always at work and is working for my good. For the Lord is at work in my life. God is always doing more than 10,000 things in our lives for our good. Do you believe that? Even in the things that we cannot see, do you believe that? Sometimes we're only aware of only one and not even one sometimes, maybe two or three. That's why we have 10,000 reasons for our hearts to praise God, to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Just like that song, God's at work in our lives. Yes, he is in our lives as you give to him all that we can give. God's at work in our lives. Yes, he is in our lives as you trust and walk in him alone. Amen. And then, man. Point number three. What do you remember? What do you remember? What do you remember? If all we can remember are negative things from the Lord, especially from our past, then your life will result and remain in the negative. For a negative mind and a twisted view of the Lord will result in negative costs. We need to know this and we need to remember how and what we think it matters. There was a survey done where Exhibit A, Exhibit B, they were given the same exact products. A was told this item will give you extra vitamins and strength. Again, it's the same thing. The other, B, this item will slow you down. It may reduce your strength. So the one who thought they were given good vitamins outperformed the ones who thought they were given something unhealthy. How is that possible? Because they had a different perspective. And they were given different information. And they chose to believe in the wrong information. An experiment done with fake weights. The skinny young man, you see him, he's able to lift it effortlessly, right? It's fake weights. And a passerby who is clearly a bigger man, maybe in his college years, the skinny young man was like in his high school. He gives props to the young man. Hey, that was really good. How did you do that? You're really strong. You don't look strong, but you're really strong. So the young, skinny young man, he challenges the older and the bigger man. He says, hey, why don't you give it a try? Maybe you can do this. And then he tries and his back is arching and he's not able to do it. Why? Because in his mind he had already lost. 
In other words, will you look at your past and think to yourself as you look through your past and how you grew up in your family background, are you going to say, the Lord was unfair. The Lord hated me and he hates me. The Lord was not good to me in my past. Therefore, there is no way he has good things in store for me, for my present and for my future. Then if you have that mindset, if you remember the Lord every day in that manner, then that is exactly what you will receive. Negative costs. But as Christians, we need to remember and know every day, every second that we breathe, that second, that minute was our past. Yesterday, last week, last year. We need to remember and know that the Lord has and is and will always be good to us no matter what I have gone through in my life, no matter what I am going through right now in my circumstances. And I know this is a hard teaching to accept and to grasp because some of us, we have gone through some situations where we can't even speak up and we can't even share because it is too painful. But it is crucial for us to remember, to remember the Lord in the right light. If not, if not, and I'm telling you right now, your faith will be poisoned through your present trials and through your future tribulations. And you will always lose because we will always be a victim of the enemy's lies. I don't want to be a victim. Amen? I want to be victorious in Christ, no matter what I've been through in my past, and no matter what I'm going through, for he is my God, and I can be victorious because of Christ, not because of me, not because I'm any good, or I'm, that's, I'm a strong individual, but because I rely in Christ, I am able to overcome. However, if you believe that the Lord is good versus the Lord is not good, and you choose to believe today that the Lord is kind and he has been kind. That he had a plan and that he has a plan. That he had a purpose and he has a purpose for my life. Then your faith, your life will be purified, sanctified, and will not be poisoned. How you remember the Lord will result in your faith being purified or your faith being poisoned. Which category? Is it the former or the latter? Which one will you fall under? I pray that we'll be like Job, where Job declares, where he says, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. For Pastor Piper, he says it perfectly when he said, not only is all your affliction momentary, not only is all your affliction lying in comparison to eternity and the glory there, but all of it is totally meaningful. 
Every millisecond of your pain from the fallen nature of fallen man or fallen man, every millisecond of your misery in the path of obedience is producing a peculiar glory you will get because of that. I don't care if it was cancer or criticism. I don't care if it was slander or sickness. It wasn't meaningless. It's doing something. It's not meaningless. Of course you can't see what it's doing. Don't look to what is seen when your mom dies, when your kid dies, when you got cancer at 40. Don't say that's meaningless. It's not. It's working for your eternal weight of glory. Therefore, 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 do not lose heart. But take these truths and day by day focus on them. Preach them to yourself. Every morning get along with God and preach his word into your mind until your heart sings with confidence that you are new and cared for. Amen and amen. Like the song, though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. Sing a song, sing a song to the one who's all I need. That's what King David here declares in verse 6 to 10. On my bed, I remember you. I remember you at the end of the day when you're alone by yourself in your room. You say, I remember you, Lord. Not, I remember you for all the harm you have done to me. And I hate you, Lord. But I remember you and I think of you. What does David say? Through the watches of the night, because you are my help. You have been my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They'll be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. We don't have to pay back the evil ones. For the Lord will bring judgment upon their life. And our God is a God of vengeance. And he is a just God. And he will take care of all evil. All we need to do is remember him. Remember him. Remember how he has been your help. Therefore, we sing in the shadow of his wings, and we cling to him. That's what we say. So point letter A, A, B, C, D, E, N, F, A, I remember who you are. That's what you need to say. You need to say to the Lord every night, every day, every morning, I remember who you are. B, I remember whose I am. C, I remember you are always with me. D, I remember how you've always helped me. E, I remember how you've always rescued me. F, I remember how you've always protected me. All, always, and always for my good. That's why Joseph, he was able to declare. Genesis, I believe it's chapter 50, verse 20. Though you meant for evil, God meant it for good, for the saving of many lives. We need to remember who he is and whose you are. Do you know this? Do you know this truth? What do you remember here today? And lastly, and I'm closing with this. So, can we turn to a neighbor and say so? Say, can I get a dollar? (laughs) So, point number four. What will you do now? Can we turn to an ever and ask, what will you do now? We can change what we have done in the past. That's not possible. It's gone. 
But we can do what we can do now. We can choose what we can do now, today, while we're alive, at this very moment. Take a look at verse 11. Take a look at how King David ends Psalm 63. Let's all read together. Ready? One, two, three. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Amen. And amen. In other words, ending with this, so point letter A, no matter what, worship the Lord. B, no matter where, worship the Lord. No matter when, Worship the Lord. And no matter how, worship the Lord. When I say what, I'm talking about no matter what you are going through. When I say where, wherever you may be, whether you're in prison, whether you're alone, whether you're in a group of church, group of friends, amongst friends, worship the Lord. No matter when, time of day, wherever you are, Worship the Lord. No matter how you feel today, worship the Lord. Why? Because of what you know. Going back to our point number one. What do you know? I pray that you would declare here today, I will praise you in your sanctuary. I will praise you in this desert place. I will praise you in this broken state. Just like the song, I praise you in the morning, I praise you in the evening, I praise you when I'm young and when I'm old, praise you when I'm laughing, praise you when I'm grieving, praise you every season of the soul. If we could see how much you're worth, your power, your might, your endless love, then surely we will never cease to praise. Let everything that, everything that I have, all that I have, that has breath. Praise the Lord. Amen. And amen. Amen. Psalm 63. And this is how we end this mini-series with a question. What do you know? What do you know? I know you are the Messiah. I know you are the Son of God. I know you are the Holy One of God. I know you have the words of eternal life. Point number two, what do you see? Every day, you must be sure and declare each day, A, the Lord is at work in my life. B, the Lord is greater than my circumstances. C, the Lord is my life. Point number three, what do you remember? What do you remember? A, I remember who you are. B, I remember whose I am. I remember you were always with me. D, I remember how you've always helped me. I remember how you've always rescued me. I remember how you've always protected me. And lastly, what will you do now, today? No matter where, no matter what, no matter when, no matter how, worship the Lord. Amen? As King David worshiped the Lord, worship him in the sanctuary before his holy presence.
I pray that Psalm 61, 62, 63, the basis of the message waiting in Christ on April 16th, that this would be a tremendous blessing for you, for your life, for your future, for your present. And may you remember to worship the Lord no matter where you are, to have faith in the Lord no matter where you stand. For the Lord is good and for the Lord is kind. For the Lord loves you. So at this time, right now, remembering that we have victory in Christ, can we just come together at this very moment? In our own voices, from where we are, where we are sitting, can we come before the Father? Let us pray and let us worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let us allow the presence of God to work in our lives. It's not an experience, but it's an encounter with the Father to know him, to know the truth. Declare to him today, tell him today, Lord, I know, I know. Can we do that right now? Say, God, I know that you are good. God, I know that you are in control. God, I know that you are sovereign. Lord, I know that you are good to me. Lord, I know that you are faithful, and I know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can we all come together and pray to him and declare, what do you know? Let's tell him, Lord, I know. Let's pray together. <sighs> Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, I know that I need you. Lord, I know that I am weak without you. Lord, I know that I have been rebellious. And I know that, God, I've been full of pride. And I know that I've been blinded. Lord, I know that I've been arrogant. And I know that, God, Lord, I've, I've neglected your word. And I know that, God, that I've put myself before you, O Lord. And I've sinned before you, O Lord. And I know that I've committed many sins before you, God. God, I know that I am weak, and I know that I am not in control. I may look like I am in control, but I am not in control. Lord, I know you know me better than I know myself. You know all things, oh God. Lord, you know how far, God, I've, my perspective has been from the truth. God, from the outside, Lord, I make myself to look as if I am in control. But Lord, you know all things. That you know that I try each and every single day. You know that, God, I love you. You know that I desire you. You know how much I love you. You know, God, I want to do one thing and one thing alone, that's to honor you and to follow you. I know that, and you know that. You know my inmost being. You know me inside out. You know me better than I know myself. You know all things, oh God. You know all the trials and the tribulations and all my weaknesses, oh Lord. You know my strengths. You know us, oh Lord. You know our church. You know what we've been through. You know all the trials and the tribulations that we've been through, Lord. You know all things, oh Lord. Words that are spoken, unspoken, you know all things, oh Lord. But we choose here today and we declare and we say, God, I know who you are. I know whose I am. I know, God, that you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the living God. 
You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that, God, that you are not like shifting shadows that will change. But, Lord, you are the same. Who you say you are, your word is life. Your word is the truth. I know, the God, that I am saved. And I know that I am restored. And I know that, God, I am renewed when I pray to you in humility and when I repent before you. Lord, you know all things. You know all, all of it. So God, when the day ends and when we're alone in our beds, may we declare as King David declared, I remember you, Lord. I remember you. I remember you. I remember your goodness. I think of you day and night, every minute, every second. I know you. Lord, I know you are good. I know you are kind. And I know you are merciful. I know this with all my heart. I know there's nothing that can take me away from my path, this walk that is in Christ. I go through the narrow gate. I won't walk this narrow path to follow you. Lord, you know what I had to sacrifice. Lord, you know what I sacrificed. Lord, you know, even friends and people. None of that, none of that matters. As long as I have you, as long as I am in you, and as long as I am walking with you, that's all that matters. Holy Spirit, strengthen us here today. Strengthen your people. Strengthen your children. I know. I know. And I know. Oh, Father, we love you. Oh, Father, I need you. Holy Spirit, come. Transform us and renew us. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. 
all who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Amen. And amen. Amen. Can we all stand to our feet? Let's sing verse 1, verse 2, and then we'll do the chorus, the pre-chorus, chorus. And let's just worship him in spirit and in truth, and let's give him our everything. Let's all sing together. Let's worship.
Fathers, want to thank you for reminding us of the truth. Lord, and we declare and we say, God, I know that I am a sinner. I also know that I am a sinner saved by grace. So God, we approach your holy throne with confidence and with courage and with true convictions, O oh Lord. Lord. We repent before you and we surrender our lives before you, O oh Lord. We thank you for this time to pray and to sing songs of praise and worship. And we also thank you for allowing us to sit and to dine at your word through the preaching of your word here today. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious son, just Christ let me pray. And God's people pray, amen. amen. And amen. With that, uh, let's close the service with our closing song, The Path of Life and Jesus. And before we sing, Arlene, why don't you say something to the group, tell them where you are, what you know, ask them what do they know, and say something, and lead us into our final and closing song. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, what I know is that I'm very thankful for this church and to be also here praising and uh, I know <laughs> I know that the Lord uh, is calling me here and um, I am confident through him so I need to put everything else all those other uh, feelings of thinking I'm not good enough away because God makes me good. And yes.
for our benediction. Let us pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be kind to you and give you peace. And now, may the God of peace, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you now with everything good for doing his will. May he continue to work within us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. And as God's people we pray, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you guys. I'll see you all in the back.